0: Hello, and welcome back to the Dungeons & Dragons podcast in UK. My name is
1: Yasmin, and I will be the DM. Hi, my name is Samantha. I play Laura Greyvale, and she is a sorceress from the province of Navalia.
2: Hello, I'm Colin, and I play Queen de Greymont, a paladin from Farburn in the province of Gavany. Hi,
3: I'm Ryan. I play Ogvar Shawfort, a goat-herding, mushroom-seeking ranger from Keswick.
1: Brady begins his own battle on the road to recovery. Esther extends her love, care and comfort to the unfortunate child. Ogvar orchestrates a fun distraction for Ivona as their fungi finding adds to the party's food larder. The party continued their travel until long after darkness had descended before stopping to camp. After a passing pig had a good old go at skewering Simon, the tussle ended in termination for the trotted beast, which was promptly butchered and turned into some late night posh nosh. Our unsuspecting heroes had somehow selected a bad spot to pitch their overnight housing. Smack in the hunting grounds of a hungry owlbear, which inevitably showed up, Combat kicked off, and as the feathers flew, the friends found themselves facing yet another frightful foe, and it too was determined to dine on the human delicacy. Esther was clawed by the critter, and given the seriousness of the situation, Ogvar set his sights on protecting the occupants of the wagon, using the errant aggressor as a pincushion. Meanwhile, across the camp, Alora and Cuin dug deep, delivering some meaningful mischief with some shocking consequences. Episode 104, home is where the hearth is.
2: Are you looking for a D&D podcast with the dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. I shall jog back to the wagon. And uh... right, you've, uh, you've arrived at your town, people.
1: Okay. Oh, Laura's going to jump down off the back and starts walking alongside the, um, the wagon so that she can see ahead. Okay,
0: yeah. So as y- as you approach Get Closer, you all see this settlement. Uh, and actually, for a settlement, it is quite large. The buildings themselves are large. However, there aren't heaps and heaps of buildings. Um,
2: are they all wooden?
0: Uh, they are a mix. There are wooden built, stone built. There's a mixed, a uh, fairly, you know, fairly good mixture. As you draw closer to the town, uh, you begin to make your way through the palisades. Um, these two palisade kind of blockers in the main road, and you make your way to the front gates. Gates are open, and as you roll up to the front gates, you can see directly to your left inside this wall. So this wall is quite tall it is you know a a 12 foot high 12 foot high um, log wall Uh, and you can see some of them have been crudely turned into sharp spikes at the top some have just been left some are broken where they obviously look like more rotten trees or trees which have fallen down or splintered unevenly Um, but as you enter into the city as you enter into the settlement you can see to your left there is a field a large field on the interior and directly to your right there is a small hut manned by um, a young, uh, I say young, he looks to be in his mid to late 20s uh, man. Uh, he's strong of feature, he's got a very strong jawline, strong nose, he looks very um, kind of rough and ready type. Uh, he's dressed wearing simple garb, a simple hide, um, hide kind of tunic and he has on his hip a sword and a wooden shield by his uh, by his side uh, he's currently sat on a three, little three legged stool with just enough of a wobbly leg to make him kind of shift with every movement he makes he, he hearing you approach he looks up and stands up um, blocking the path in front of you He makes eye contact with oh. you, for. State okay. your business.
3: Um, hello there. um, good day. Um, good uh, day. We are here. We are here. Um, we, we are um, actually bringing um, some people you may be missing. Um, we were, we we're out in the in the woods on our way. We've, we've come from the come from Sell-off and we out on the out on the trail, and we we found. Um, and the two children who claim to be from here, so we, we didn't know where their parents were, and they, they say this is uh, where they're from. So well, we were making our way this way, so we thought we'd uh, well, you can't leave them out there on their own, can you? You know what I mean? And he so looks like, you like sort of lift like the flap at the back of the wagon, so like not but if he stood on the, the the cart, I imagine like just like usher the kids to the front so they. Like, poke their heads over.
0: Yeah, the two children poke their heads through and immediately brighten up brighten up and Ivona screams She goes, Uncle Ow! Uncle Ow and she practically dives off of the cart into um, this this lad's this this young man's arms. Uh, he drops his sword and his shield to catch her. And you can see he he's you know as you've been saying you know found children road you can see this glimmer of hope in his eyes um growing and as ivona launches herself at him he just you know he drops everything to grab her and you know he properly squeezes her tight to his chest uh spins around in a little circle and you see him kind of put his hand on the back of her hair um and bury his nose kind of into her locks and, and just kind of this utter sense of relief thankfulness uh, you know he's overcome with emotions um, and he just he holds her tight um, Brady follows her over her down a little less enthusiastically a bit slower uh, and very quickly attaches himself to Uncle owl's leg um, looking at them you wouldn't say there's a familial resemblance but clearly, the children call him Uncle Al. Um, and yeah, he looks up at you and he goes, "Thank you for returning them." And he, you see, he takes—he right. takes a deep, steadying breath, and he, he kind of just breathes out. And he's still clutching Ivona; he's clutching Ivona like she's a lifeline. He's got his hand on Brady's back, you know, pushing him, just holding him tight to his leg. Um, because Brady's only small. And, looks at you, he goes, Why, um, well, please, uh, come in, um, thank you, truly, thank you, uh.
1: uh yeah. Laura will have pushed her way to the front of the, ca- well, walked down to the front of the carriage by this point, and obviously she's on ground level with them. Yep. Um, and she'll, she'll smile. Um, uh, Laura's not at all maternal, she's got older brothers, uh, she hasn't got any younger siblings so she has absolutely, and in her line of work um, on the ship, she has absolutely nothing to do with children and and just (coughs) has no idea how to um, communicate or respond with children. But she does have compassion and she she can obviously, she understands a family's love. so she, she's going to look at mm-hmm. um, this guy, Uncle Al, um, and she's just going to say, I, I, I think that maybe you need to know what happened to them, but perhaps now's not the time. No. But um, I think you should come and track us down. We'll probably be at one of... The, have, you, have you got taverns in town? Somewhere we can stay? We've, uh, well, we've, we've got just the one miss. Um, I'll, That's I'll where you'll find you. us.
0: I'll escort you up there. Um, there aren't many of us in this town. I um, say okay. so there aren't many. Certainly not enough to compare to the big cities. Um, but I'll escort you up to the inn. I'm more than certain that you'll get free lodging for what you've done for us. Um, That's fine. And it's uh, we'll get have to get everyone gathered up to hear this story. I think um, so. Perhaps early evening would be the best time. Uh, let yeah, me no let me escort you. Um, I'm Al, by the way. Everyone calls me. Yeah. Al. I...
1: I think we kind of got that and she'll smile at the children and just say that that's fine we'll take your lead we'll follow you in thanks ever so much Yeah. so Al shifts
0: Ivona to the one hip picks up Brady in the other arm um, juggles them for a bit and then drops Ivona back onto the carriage uh, next to you Ogvar uh, and she, she goes quite happily um, she's practically vibrating and bouncing in her seat she's so happy uh, but as you head up to the inn it isn't very far at all it's it's really really short distance uh however al tells you exactly what is where so there is one main street leading up and this street leads all the way up to the inn uh to the left at the front of the gate left and right there are fields these fields you can see they're fairly big they're inside the walls uh but there are various kinds of cattle you can see cows sheep um you know they are they are penned off you can see a couple of pigs um in one corner and you know there, there are a couple of other animals uh, you can see a couple of horses have been turfed out onto the grass as well you have the guard barracks immediately to your right as you come in it's 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 they say they call it a guard box it's like a little little hut for one person you can see some equipment in there not a lot of stuff it doesn't look very quality uh this wonky three-legged stool on the outside um and that's about it it's got this little kind of canopy over it so that the guard can sit inside uh sit under cover but as you go up the street he points out to you on your left hand side you have a group of four buildings these buildings are kind of uh there's so immediately after field, there's a short lane which he tells you leads up towards the um, the carpenters and the weavers' place, um, and he he fills you in with a lot of chatter. The carpenter and the weaver are married to each other. Um, the carpenter works all sorts of uh, woodwork for the for the tower, for the little village. Does a lot of the handy work around the place. The weaver makes, she makes cloth. Um, cloth, rugs, anything that's woven she makes um, they're married to each other, they've got a couple of children uh, up the back of there is Buck Brews, which is the name of the vineyard, it's got a small little vineyard you can see, you can just about see a decent crop of grapes decent crop of like hops, clearly they brew wine and beer um, tells you it's run by an old old man, his wife passed a couple of years ago, he's just got one older son left he tells you towards the back if you follow that path you get up to... There's a sawmill and a separate mill, like a, a big mill wheel type building. Uh, and he tells you that if you, when you go up to the inn you'll see there's two water wheels um, in the river which power these. Uh, he does tell you that there is a gate up at the sawmill as well, which is like um, a logging gate almost. It, it runs out. The forest is only 100 foot away so they can go and drag logs in to process um and there is this little group of four buildings as you head up on the left hand side and as you look in as you pass there you can see that the other end there is a wall it's got a nice little kind of courtyard arch at the other end so you can actually cut straight through Uh, these four buildings he tells you there is um service cuts which is the butchers there is if i can read my own writing um Stag Stitches, which is the seamstress. There is Buck's Bakes, which is the bakery. And there is also...
1: Laura's Allura, ears perk up at that.
0: And there is also Doe's Doses, um, run by a lovely old woman by the name of Doe, um, or everyone calls her Doe. If she had another name, everyone's probably forgotten it because she's always been known as Doe. Um, she's a lovely old lady with the sweetest brown eyes um like doe's eyes he tells you with a bit of a chuckle um and she has one young female apprentice um and she was hoping to take on ivona as another apprentice in the future um ivona chuckles and she she gives a kind of giggle and she's like granny doe granny doe and she sings a little song which clearly she's made up on her own to the right as you pass these four buildings you have um a lot of uh, quite a few houses they are clearly people's houses you can see laundry hanging out they're quite tightly packed um and clearly that's like one big building which has been divided into two or three uh as you go further up you pass uh the church al tells you that the church isn't particularly grand it isn't even particularly you know officially officiated Uh, there's a small orphanage on the side they don't have many orphans they've got two or three um, and they've been taken in by the church um, simply because it's more convenient that way Um, not that you know they're not outcasts or anything everyone loves them you know their children this community loves children um, but simply because it is easier to house them in the church, they don't get, in, it, you know, don't get into people's feet. It, it's just easier that way. Um, attached to the church is a small cemetery, a small graveyard. Uh, it's very well kept, very neatly kept. You can see fresh flowers on every single one of the graves, and all of you can make me a spot check, please.
1: Sixteen
3: for queuing. There we go that one for Ogvar. Oh dear. <laughs> uh,
1: that's a six all in from Alora. 20
2: all in for Simon.
1: Okay so anyone
0: over 12 which is just queuing and Simon you can see that every single one of these gravestones has uh, they're not made of stone so much they're made of wood Clearly well maintained wood, but made of wood. And each of them has a stag's head, either a stag or doe's head um, on top. As like a a kind of like a little, uh, like a little, almost like a little small statue with a stag or a doe's head on top. As you pass the church to your left, he, um, Al points out to you the Smithy and the general store. Uh, called Stag Smithy with two G's, and um where's it going? Stag and Stag General Stores. So Stag with one G, then Stag with two G's. General Stores. Um, you can see that the Smithy is going; it is lit. You can see smoke pluming upwards, uh, and the General Store is actually looks to be the second biggest building in this in this village. Um, it's, it's a decent size. As you pass further up, you travel over a well-constructed wooden bridge. And this wooden bridge is, is clearly very old, but clearly very well-maintained. Uh, dirt has been kind of strewn over and impacted onto it. And it's, it's actually more... It looks more like an actual natural arch in the road rather than a constructed bridge at this point. Um, clearly years and years of use, compacted dirt, a little bit of grass has taken root, and it's all just bound together really, really nicely. As you pass over, you can see to your right downstream, there is a smaller wooden bridge, very well maintained, but just a plain wooden bridge. And as you look left upstream, you can see these two water wheels and you get a better view of the mill and the sawmill. The mill is a circular building as you'd expect. it doesn't taper to a point. It's just literally a two-storey circular building with a flat roof. And the sawmill is this, uh, this big construction. It looks more of a mechanical piece rather than you know a house or a home. It, it, it is literally just like a, a covered over mill piece. Clearly the sawmill is turned by the water wheel and logs are just fed through and it just cuts them into planks. This river, as you cross over it, you can see that it comes from the left-hand side, curves round like a big horseshoe and then disappears off to the right. The inn is directly in front of you. It is a big building, two-storey building with a big thatched roof. Uh, And it looks quite lively, quite welcoming. The doors open, you can see chickens pecking around in the yard. Uh, To the left, uh, the property continues on round. And you can just about make out, past the inn, there is what appears to be fields out towards the back. So, I'll lead you into the courtyard of the inn. Directs you to the left. As you turn left, you end up going round, uh, round the back of the inn. And this inn itself has got a stone wall encircling it and you take the carriage round the back, you pass what looks to be a chicken coop out the back and heading all the way round the back you can see a singular stable block there is an ass in the stable, um, quietly snoozing, taking shelter from the drizzle um, making odd so that's Has not ah! Not Brilliant. currently, no uh, and he directs you to kind of pull up and park your carriage behind the inn. Oh, and I forgot to say, as you approach the inn as well, you can see there is a big sign hanging on the wall, uh, cheerfully announcing the heart and half. So I'm assuming at this point you're all going to disembark, you're going to get the horses settled, tied down. Uh, there, there isn't a stable hand here who comes out to take the horses. Um, you will have to do this yourself. Uh, so you're able to very easily kind of untack the horses, unhitch them, uh, and just tuck them away into a stall, um, throw some feed in for them, and make sure there's water. You leave the carriage around the back. It seems to be very safe. This uh, this area, this so around the entirety of the inn from either side of the bridge round there is a wall there is a stone wall and this stone wall isn't tall it's probably about five foot high so you know in the scale of things it's not it's not like this palisade walling it is just low wall and it is very if I said Cotswold walls do you know what I mean it's it's very clearly it's not cemented or you know stuck together with any medium it is simply ...packed tightly and with a great deal of expertise, you would say, Ogfar. Coming from a family of stonemasons, you know, you look at this walling, and, you, you you know, this is something that you'd have probably seen your father doing. Um, your father would, you know, he, he would have big, rough hands from heavy stonework. And, you know, for, for a man who's used to hauling around and heaving big stones, you remember back in your childhood days where watching him kind of make these walls... Uh, and you remember the amount of care and delicacy he handled the rocks with, stacking them and packing smaller bits of stone in very deliberately to ensure that there's no movement, um, and maybe with a kind of a soft wooden mallet, gently smacking the odd piece into place just to pin it in. And these walls are very, very pretty. Um, they're made of mostly a grey rock, but there is a standier-toned rocks. Uh, which are occasionally used and there are also some kind of more pinkish rocks, you'd say it was definitely river rock okay Okay. so you go round, you make your way round once you've settled the ponies, it's not going to take you long to do it with you know yourself, QIn, Esther, Ivona helps, uh, <laughs> and you do have to occasionally <clears throat> rescue her from the, uh, the Duns Proximity, uh, because it is a little bit feisty, um, and although it tolerates Ivoda, you, you know she's she's running around in between the legs, and uh, it, it's probably not safe for a small child. Um, Uncle Al will help you. He, you know, he'll make light conversation with you. He'll discuss, you know, travels or how was the road like, what's the weather been like, that kind of small awkward small talk where you're not really sure what topic of conversation to bring up and then it lapses into these periods of quite awkward silence and then picks up again. Uh, But Ivona does a good job of, you know, chattering away mindlessly. and You know, she'll point out things to you like, oh, I did this over here and one time me and my brother were by the river and, you know, it's it's this very much kind of childlike chatter bouncing from topic to topic. Um, No real thread of consistency. It's just whatever springs into her mind at that point, she will blurt out. Going round to the front of the inn, uh, I will now give you a description of the Heart and Hearth. The Heart and Hearth is a large L-shaped building uh, with the shorter side on the left as you look at it. It is the biggest building in Stagwick and is two stories high, uh, not including the roof. And you can see there are some windows, some kind of... um, some windows built in on the roof space. You could almost assume that there is you know, there's more storage or there's other rooms upstairs. The inn itself is quite tidy looking. It is probably about thirty foot, forty foot long at its it its longest. Um, so it's it's quite 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 long. Uh, but it's it's a jolly looking place. It has wooden beams and kind of daubed walling. Um, very, very traditional looking. The daubing in most places is slightly yellowed. Uh, and you can see round areas where there's frequent passage, uh, like the door or like kind of like along the front walls. Mud has splashed up and it is kind of staining the daubing, this, this white daubing, creamy white daubing, um, kind of a brown heading towards yellow. But the upper floors look very, very white, very, very clean. Um, it, it just looks very naturally weathered. The wood that is being used to construct it is the same type of wood that's been used to construct the palisade walling. Uh, so it's it's a very uh, it's a very seasoned wood. Um, you can tell it's it, you know it, it's all kind of very very traditionally made, traditionally cut. Um, it's all kind of dovetail jointed it's it's used, built using very very traditional building methods um the building has several windows in it uh and they're odd shaped windows they're not uniform you can tell that they have been made you know they they are, they are all handmade windows you've got some which are kind of rectangular some which are square some are slightly more rounded um but it's it's just generally it's You know, it's a bit mishmash, a bit lopsided, but it looks like it's being built with love and care. The upper floor has a balcony. The second floor has a balcony which runs all the way around. And you can see some doors leading onto this balcony. Uh, The doors themselves, again, made of this wood. And as you approach the front door, it is a beautiful wood door and... It has a knocker on the front, made of wood, in the shape of a stag's head.
1: Okay. Um, Right, Alora would have come back round from dealing with the horses. Um, I assume Esther would probably... I would imagine everybody probably went round the back to deal with that. Um... Um, do I assume that our load is secure on the back of the wagon? We've only got supplies and stuff on there, haven't we? Um, so I'll assume that that's safe. Um, any supplies that were likely to get spoiled by weather, I think we would probably hauled in and perhaps stored them in the stable area. Um, I'm going to come back round to the front of the inn. Um, where is our phone's brother? Brady was with you. Oh, Brady was with us. So he was running around in the stables as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, both children would have been up and running. Um, running around the place. Right. Um, Laura would go round to the front of the, the building. Um, I should probably turn to her companions and, and uh, say... Right, well, that's that done. Um, the horses should be okay for the night. Somebody probably check on them later, maybe. But... Um, it's uh, what time is it? Is it late afternoon?
0: Yeah, it's it's going to
1: be um, kind of I'd say mid-afternoon time. Right. Okay, so Alora would probably say to the others, um, right? Well, we've been on the road. It's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a restless night. Let's. I don't know about you, but I'm tired, guys. So I'm quite happy to just go and sit down and have a drink and just unwind a bit uh, and book us some rooms so she's going to open the door she's going to walk directly up to the bar area Um, can she draw the bar keeps attention okay so you
0: enter into the heart and hearth you open the door and you are greeted with this big big long kind of hall area Uh, so the main entrance is kind of situated in the corner of this L shape, the, the inner corner. Um, so you open the door and you enter in. You're greeted with this very kind of uh, long hall esque setting. Uh, you have in the middle of the room there is a raised kind of big long raised stone brazier. It's probably about 10 foot long. It's layered with coal and wood and you can see at the moment it's just it's just burning very lowly um, the coals you see the occasional kind of lick of flame um, caress the coals but otherwise it's mainly running off of um, you say probably last night's burn um, it's its just this very low burn where the coals are just they're, they're just kind of um, I want to say simmering they're not actively on fire but that you can see they are hot and you can feel the heat coming off of it and as you kind of look look at this, you can actually see the, the shimmering of the heat rising above the brazier, which distorts the background. Uh, above this brazier, you have a big, long spit, which is currently empty. Um, there isn't a, you know, the, the actual, what you'd imagine where this spit would run. This spit has been removed. There isn't a spit on there currently. Uh, it's just the two kind of supporting structures on either end. Um... But you, what you can see is you can see uh, actually resting on directly on top of the coals. There is a big iron pot with water gently simmering inside, or some kind of fluid. You're, you're not entirely sure. You're not looking at it directly. Uh, but the, the hall is is long, and you can see um, on the interior there is an interior balcony, like a, a like a mezzanine floor above, um, and. It's where, where this, obviously, floor is mezzanine. It's there are big long support columns, support structures, support beams, which you know pepper at equal distance up each side of the hall. Tables line the outside, and you know, there's a mixture of kind of big square, like rectangular tables, which are pushed against the wall. There are round tables, square tables, very mismatched furniture. Uh, you can see chairs which have an obvious wobble. Um, that even at rest they're tilted on a ridiculous on, the, on a, a very kind of ridiculous angle so you imagine anyone sat in it would be having a bit of time a bit of a time balancing on it but everything is very rustic everything is is very um, it's all very kind of earthy and warm there's no kind of um no fancy lights there's no fancy kind of decorations it is just simply a warm hall as you look up, you can see there are, what appears to be at first glance, chandeliers, which you kind of look at, and you think that's a bit odd for this kind of setting. Nothing about this setting is screened that, you know, it's it's opulent or elegant, but with a closer look, you can actually see that what you first thought were big kind of branching, elegant chandeliers are in fact discarded antlers. And the antlers have been kind of bound together into groups of four, with the kind of the ends where they kind of branch out and split out into these beautiful, kind of majestic antler antler shape. Um, they're kind of situated on the outside, and the tip of each branch, where it kind of ends in a point, has been uh, either shielded or hollowed off, and a tallow candle has been inserted. So these, there's three chandeliers, uh, I say chandeliers, there's three of these kind of, um, I suppose they are chandeliers in a way, um, there's three of them up the length, of this main hall that you can see, and between them you could say there's probably, you know, double digits of candles, there's probably 40, 50 candles spread amongst them. Uh, they are truly beautiful work of art, and you can actually see where this kind of yellow tallowed candle has dribbled down the outside of the antler. and you can see spots on the floor where there's some wax which has been left on the floor. Um, and it's been cleaned up and it obviously it hasn't been allowed to build up into like lots of like build up off the floor, but it is still you know the occasional spot here and there. As you enter on your left, you see the bar and it's again a piece of a solid solid wooden bar it's clearly built for utility there are a couple of rickety looking bar stalls placed around the area um but not not lots it's it's clearly not the kind of bar where you sit at the bar and drink this is more like a serving counter it's, it's not really designed for people to be sat there constantly because there isn't room here. Um, but behind the bar you can see a couple of big barrels of what looks to be mead or beer you would assume. Uh, big, big barrels tilted so they're resting on the rounded side um, with big kind of spigot taps inserted. Um, you can see a collection of uh, wines... Um, and upon closer inspection, you can see that the labels on these wines, they have all got a little stag on the label. And yeah, that's the view you are greeted with. Uh, you can hear sounds from the kind of the short L of this building, the short side. You can hear sounds and you'd assume that there's probably a kitchen
1: on the left hand side. So, Alora will um, turn to the left. Actually, she's, she's kind of drunk in the atmosphere of the place, and I think she would think to herself that this is actually really homely. It's really attractive. It's really quite appealing to her. Um, she's going to look over her shoulder at, at everybody else and smile, and then she's going to walk forward and to the left, and she's going to go up to the bar and see if she can draw the attention of the barkeep. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: um. you approach the bar. Ogvar, in. what are you doing at this time? Are you following Alora?
3: Um, Ogvar is probably uh, a couple of steps behind, um, more in the doorway, uh, and just holding the door open and uh, probably allowing Q in through. And uh, just turn to uh, the man known only as Uncle Al and says "Are you coming in as well, or are you, are you uh, still on duty?" Uh,
0: no, no. Um, let me let me get you in. Uh, I'll follow after you.
3: Oh, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, Ogvar will just sort of follow in, um, Yeah, um, just keeping his eye on Uncle Al and uh, the, the, two, the two kids.
2: Yeah. And Ciaran's uh, going to be stumbling. You can see, has anyone seen Simon? He's, uh, as soon as we stopped, he uh, disappeared.
0: Um... So Simon look over Simon will be with you at this point. Really?
1: Okay. Yes, okay. he will be. Right, okay. Um So Laura will walk up to the bar. Um obviously she's already at the bar, so she's gonna sort of like uh tap, and say, Hello Hello yep. Is there anybody there? So as you approach the bar, Ogvar, you,
0: Ocran, you, and Kieran, you come in through the door. Missing you, you follow up. Um, Al, Uncle Al, um, says, uh, turns to you and he goes, oh, um, "What? What can I? What can I get you? Uh, mug of beer, mug of mead, mug of ale, uh, bottle of something fancy?"
3: Oh no, um, nothing, nothing fancy. Just, uh, uh, I'll, I'll have a glass of ale, please. If you would, most generous.
1: Yep, Laura's okay. just going to look. Laura's going to look slightly puzzled, and she's just like, uh, "Do you double up on your jobs then?" No, no. But we're a we're a very tight knit community here. So um, I'll,
0: I'll go get I'll go get Mary in a second. But I'll just get you guys settled in, and you know I'm sure you must be thirsty off the road. And he slips round the side of the bar, enters around the side so he can actually get behind the counter. And he immediately, you know, he's it, it appears that he's no stranger to the bar. Um, he's immediately getting out a tankard.
2: Uh, I'll have a nail
0: as well, please. Yeah. Um, so he, he he immediately kind of slips around, uh, finds a couple of tankards from underneath the bar, and they're these big, they are proper tankards. So in the guild you have these kind of wooden kind of mugs they were very plain very you know mug shaped just very plain um here he pulls out a tankard it is big it is you know it is probably i don't know six inches tall it they are big big tankards big round tankards And i mean they are they're the size like the palm of your hand round they are they're big Uh, And they're this very, very kind of traditional design where it's almost like a little barrel. Um, The sides, they're made up of wooden slats which have been pulled in tight and traditionally made with this metal banding around, two metal bands around, pulled in tight, the exact same construction as you can see these big barrels have been made. And they have a thick handle. The handle is about, you know, an inch and a half thick of wood and it's this big handle and it comes out and it runs almost the length of the mug and it is, you know, it's been properly carved and each, it's got kind of carved out finger gri- finger grips in it, four of them so it fits snugly into the palm of your hand they are beautiful tankards
1: Laura will look at these um, and she'll sort of nod to Al as well um, and, and just indicate that she'll have the same, she'll have a mead as well um, Okay uh, uh, yeah that that's and she, she'll appreciate these mugs and be really interested in them as they get on the bar. yeah, so he immediately starts pulling and he goes to these
0: big bowers and he starts pulling mead uh, and it comes into it, you know it he doesn't skimp on it. these mugs are brimming with alcohol uh, and he pops them down onto the bar in front of you. Um, Elora, make me a. Make me a spot check, please. In fact, everyone can make me a spot check.
2: Okay. A
1: spot. Lovely. Okay. Oh, well, that could have gone better. It's an 11 all in from Alora. 11 all in. Mm.
3: 14 all in for Ogva. 22 all in for
2: Qin.
0: 22. Nice. Okay. So, Qin. you are probably the... You are the only one who witnesses... As Alora raises her mug of mead to take that first refreshing gulp, you notice movement on her hip. As Rowan, sensing the presence of his favourite beverage, drops out of his pouch. In, uh, it is an amazing display of aerial acrobatics. He drops out with his wings tucked, Opens them so he catches the wing, and takes on the, a, a massive strain on his on his little little body. Um, spins upwards and does a loop the loop, landing sploosh, directly into Alora's mead just as she takes the first gulp. Ah! Uh, you come literally nose to nose with your bat. <laughs> ah, ah. Uh.
1: Bloody hell, Rowan, that didn't take you long. Oh, God, just, do you know what? Yeah, she's, once again, she's going to grab him by the end of the wing, lift him out of the mug, drip him a bit, and she's just going to plop him on the bar.
3: You did promise him mead if he was...
1: I did, I did promise him mead, but I just wasn't expecting mead with speed, if you know what I mean.
3: Well, it sounds like a lethal combination.
1: Well, yeah, look (laughs) at him. Look at him. She picks him back up by his wing and just sort of like bobs him around in the air and gives him a bit of a waggle so everyone can see him. He's he, here
0: again, look. He actively struggles to get back into your mug.
1: Mo, Rowan, I'll look, I'll get you something. If, if, Al, Uncle Al, have you got a saucer or something? Uncle Al is watching you know, this. Just like a little plate or a bowl. Oh, don't worry about him, Al. He's just, this is. Don't worry, Uncle yeah. Al. Wa- this is Rowan. Uncle
0: Al watches with um, kind of this this amused, um, yet confused look on his face, uh, and he 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 rustles around and finds a, a it looks like a, a saucer of some kind, um, a, and kind of uh, very unsure of what to do with it. Just pops it on the bar
1: and slides it across to you. Ah, oh, thanks for that. And Laura's gonna tip her mug over the top of this saucer, this little plate thing, and she's just gonna pour a bit in there. And she's just gonna go sploosh and let go of Rowan. Just let him drop into it and let him get on with it. And she's just gonna push the little saucer away from her across the bar so that he's not right in a up in a grill. Yeah. And just leave him to it.
0: Okay. Okay. So with your uh, kind of your 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 thirst slaked. Uncle Al leaves you where you're sat at the bar and disappears into the shorter side of this building uh, where you can see it's an open door into a what looks to be a very well kept, very well, like a, a tidy kitchen. Um, y- you can smell Sm- you can smell food cooking in the air um and yeah you, you can hear noise uh, you can hear a woman humming uh quite a, quite a merry tune to herself uh clearly she's she's cooking or you know doing doing some kitchen work so at this point in time are there any conversations while uncle Al is out of reach or out of earshot uh Ivana and brady are still there but they are They're they're actually down the other end of the hall playing. Um, You can see that they're they're just you know they're they're playing hide and seek or something similar. Um, Yeah. So is there any conversation you want to be having at this precise moment in time? Uh, Well, well, I know we're supposed to be going to generics, but
2: uh, I think we need to deal with uh, whatever's going on around here because I
1: don't want those poor children taken again
2: while we disappear, if we disappear?
1: Well, no, but I think we've I think we've dealt with that problem, with the, the temple cave problem. That one's been put to bed, but I'm not sure if that was what was taking the animals from around here. I'm not quite sure whether that's something separate because we did pick up that little bit of a job to look at here in Stagwick. But I don't know if that's related to it, because that's a what that's about a day out from here so oh, that's yes, the... it's uh, it's
3: not it's not local local but it's uh, no it's mm, certainly in the area i don't know
1: so well how do we tell if that's if that's the problem with the animals i mean
3: if they stop disappearing
1: oh yeah but we're not going to be here long enough to work that out are we how, how do we know? know it's
3: quite nice in here
1: it is it is very nice in here How long do you want to stay? I mean, do you want to push... I mean, we're not going anywhere tonight. We'll stay here, but...
2: uh, Well, I reckon we should uh, ask about uh, what's going on because we have got the uh, little side quest to do, shall we say, uh, that we took on. Um, Find out, see if we can find any things about that and then see if we can deal with
1: it. You never
2: know, it might be on the way to Genrix. It
1: might be. Yeah, you could be right. It could be something out the other side. And then decide once we find out some more information. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Yeah, I say we order, when somebody comes back to the bar, we'll order some dinner, we'll order some rooms up, and yeah, um, this looks like a really, really nice place. I like this. I feel really comfortable here. And I need a break.
3: We'll We've been on the road, so uh, a, a night in a, so- in a soft bed rather than uh, out, out with the owlbears would be a, uh, much more preferable, I think.
1: So, where is our friend at this point? This this guy that we've rescued, this Simon that we've rescued from the cave. Is he up at the bar with us, or?
0: Yeah. So Simon's he's he's since you've met him he's been quite a quiet guy. Um, and he's actually just propped himself up in the corner. Um, Al slid a mead across to him and he's just quietly supping on his bead. Uh, just very much removed from your conversation, um, minding his own business, you could say uh, and he's he's looking around the room and I, I, I'd imagine he's doing the same kind of thing that you are. He's just appreciating his general surroundings and you know actually a bit of
1: humanity for once. Right, well, um, Alora's not... She, she, she doesn't feel one way or another towards him, particularly. Um, he's obviously wasn't in a good place and obviously got himself into a really sticky situation, so I think she thinks that maybe he's slightly foolhardy um, because he didn't exactly hold back and stay with us as we were travelling the rest of the way. He was a bit furtive a little bit here a little bit there woo way you know Um, so she's a little bit cautious of him I think but obviously glad that they were able to get him out of that situation because she doesn't dare think what would have happened to him had we not happened along he was very lucky indeed Having just cocked a, a look at him, she's 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 not going to engage in conversation at this time. She's not overly bothered. She's happy enough that they've they've got him out of that situation and that at least the, the guy's got a beer um, or a mead, which I would imagine he desperately needs.
0: Um,
1: yeah. Okay, and that's it. She'll drag her attention back away from him.
3: So um, the well, if this contract is uh, well. If it is already completed, or if it is mm, still outstanding, and mm, do we have the, mm, the paperwork? Could we mm, maybe maybe Al knows a bit more about it? Could we mm, show it to him?
1: Who had the paperwork? <laughs> who's who's got the paperwork? <laughs> I don't know who. The... I don't... Who was
2: looking at the board?
1: Well, I think it must have been. <laughs> I think it was me that was looking at the board. Um, so hang on a minute. Uh, Laura's going to uh, um just slide her backpack off and she's going to start rummaging about in her backpack and she's going to produce a scrap of paper that she picked up from uh, the guild. Um, and she's just going to slide it across the bar to Ogvar, um, just flatten it out, uncrumple it, flatten it out, slide it across the bar to Ogvar.
3: Ogvar will sort of slide it across to him and just lift up his, like the, the side of his 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 coat and look down at it all and go, See, she's gone to pieces without you.
0: Yeah, can't do nothing can't do without me.
1: I I no. Couldn't organise a piece in a brewery. What's that, Ogwell? Did you did you say something?
3: No, no, I said I said it's a it's a lovely brewery. They must have a, a good contact.
1: Oh yeah, it, it yeah, it's, it's good made, isn't
3: it? Oh yes, quite. So for, I will uh, straighten out the bit of paper in, in front of him and uh, sort of uh, uh, share it between him and uh, in to uh, so in case there's any words he sort of struggles with a little bit, so Cueing can help him out. And, uh, yeah, just have a a bit of a look at it, really.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, while you're taking a look at the contract, which Allure picked up for you, Al comes back out of the kitchen, uh, followed by a rather pretty young woman she appears to be in her mid-twenties you would say um, she's very spry, uh, she's got a very round face uh, with very very rosy cheeks uh, and you can see her hair has been tied up and bound in uh, what looks to be a bun on her head uh, covered with a handkerchief or a square of, of plaid fabric. Uh, she wears a white um, kind of tunic top uh, which has got kind of three quarter length sleeves uh, and they are pushed up to her elbows and just up onto her upper arms, uh, rolled up uh, clearly out of the way. She has a red skirt on, it's a long skirt which comes down to her kind of calves and you can't see her shoes from where you're sat on the opposite side of the bar. Uh, but you'd assume that she's wearing some kind of, you know, suitable kind of sturdy shoes. Um, she has a small apron, tie uh, a small apron on, and it's it's an apron which clearly you know goes over the head and is tied around the waist, and it's wrapped around twice and tied in a big bow at the front. Uh, and she has you know that you've got kind of cooking stains on it. You can see kind of. Um, Some green stains which you assume are from kind of greenery where she's been chopping vegetables. Um, But uh, generally her her being is covered in flour. Um, You can see she has streaks of flour across her cheek from perhaps where she's kind of rubbed her cheek or under her eye with the back of her hand. She's just streaked some flour across her face. Um, You can see flour kind of up her forearms. Uh, and she's, she's got quite strong looking hands. She clearly, she's been kneading bread or something. Uh, and you can see she's got kind of, you know, just general kind of marks down her apron. And she's got a, a big ladle tucked into this front pocket of her apron. She comes bustling out and um, her and Al are, are chatting and, you know, as as they approach the door, you see Al kind of say something and she, she blushes and, and gives a kind of shy giggle. Um, clearly a bit of shameless flirting going on right there. Um, but Al is grinning sappily from ear to ear. Um, it's it's that kind of traditional kind of, oh, young love kind of thing. Um, she looks at him like he's hung the stars in the sky and he looks at her like, she's the most beautiful woman in the world uh, it's it's a proper classic rustic love story happening
1: right in front of you
0: and they are very much Allura's, in their own Allura's...
1: little world <laughs> Alora will um, not this will not have go unnoticed and she'll just smile to herself yeah and
0: kind of almost almost snapping out of it um, rather rather abruptly um, Mary as Al Previously called her. She kind of she she almost almost nervously kind of dusts her hands off, rubs her hands down her skirt, leaving these kind of two big handprint smears down each thigh, um, where she's clearly got some flour. Uh, and as she enters, she picks up a tea towel, rubs her hands on the tea towel, wrings the tea towel in her hands, looks at you and smiles rather gently, and goes, "Oh, um, I can uh, see owls." Sorted you out some some drinks, um. But I uh, was told me that you've you found Ivona and Brady. Um, is is that true? And as she kind of looks at you hopefully, Ivona and Brady from the other end of the room come tearing up the hall. Um, Brady trips over but catches himself and, and continues running, and. As she sees them over your shoulders, she she very rapidly kind of walks around the end of the bar and crouches down as Ivone and Brady both crash into her and, and you know, just giving her massive hugs. She kind of cradles their heads and, and looks over them and, and, you know, gives the cheeks a pinch. And from her crouch position on the floor, she looks up at you and you can see the tears brimming in her eyes. Um, A tremble to her lip, as she. Thank you so much
1: for bringing them back. They've had a bad time, Mary. It's not been good. So you need to keep them safe and make sure that little Braid is okay because he was slightly the worse for wear. She looks up, and then Alora will go. Alora will go back to her drink. She
0: she looks up at you and and smiles. Um, you see the the corner of her mouth quirks up in this kind of half smile. Um, she straightens up and she pats Ivona on the back. Um, and gently guides them behind the counter. She turns. She says, to "Them, right? Um, upstairs you go. Um, the, the others are upstairs. You go. Uh, There's um, there should be some snacks there. Um, go and go and you know." find your friends. And with that, Ivone and Brady both tear through the kitchen, uh, and you can hear the sound of, of small children kind of running upstairs. Mary turns back to Just you. Just so let you go,
3: I'll, I'll go, I'll go uh, Goodbye. Uh, uh, bye.
1: They could do with the bath, couldn't they, Ogvar?
3: Mm. Yes, quite so.
1: I'm sure there's plenty of time for that later.
2: Off? It's not that time of
0: year, is it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Disgusting. <laughs> Laura's going to laugh at that one. <laughs> right, so
0: Mary turns to you um, and, and you see she, she wipes a tear away with the back of her hand. Um, Al looks at you, looks at Mary, um, melts at the sight of her uh, and, and kind of tears himself away. Um, I I, I have to kind of go back to my guard duty now. Um, But Mary, and he looks at Mary and melts all over again. Um, uh, Mary will look after you, I'm I'm sure. Uh, And he gives her this this dopey grin. Uh, And um, he he turns to kind of walk away. And and Mary kind of grabs his hand and gives him a kiss on the cheek as he goes. And he, he practically goes scarlet. Um, there might be steam coming out of his ears. You're not sure. Um, it, uh, y- you know, he 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 basically he, he gives a kind of a squeak, very unmanly squeak, and pelts for the door, giving giving oh, Mary God, a like, grin as he goes.
3: I'm oh, going just sort of nudges the organ. Must be customary around here.
1: Yeah, Laura's going to look back at Ogbar with this slightly lopsided grin and she's going to push her finger under the front of her hat and just scratch her head as she looks down and then pulls her hat back down again. As the party roll into the sleepy town of Stagwick, they receive a warm welcome from the close-knit community of family and friends at the safe return of the children. Uncle Al, guides them to the heart and hearth where finally they feel that they can lower their stress levels a little. A few ales and some hearty home cooking to tickle the taste buds would do wonders to soothe the soul. After a difficult few days dealing with the trials along the trail, the team need to kick back and really recoup and although jubilant, their eyes are firmly fixed on their journey to generics. Hey. You made it this far, so lend us your ears for a moment longer, if you will. Firstly, we are most humbled that you are enjoying our yarn and the crew thank you from the bottom of their hearts for your patronage. Producing this podcast is incredibly hard work and as such, if you would like to support us, there are a few ways in which you could really make a difference. Sharing links to friends and family helps to spread the word so others like you can find us and in turn they too can enjoy the show. Equally helpful is leaving a five-star review on Spotify and any other streaming services, which will help us immensely. Or if you feel you could go that extra mile and contribute a few coppers to keep our creative juices flowing, you can hop on over to our Buy Me A Coffee page or drop us an email. We would all be immensely grateful for your support in any form. Lastly, we invite you to visit our website where you will find information on our campaign from backstories to settings. Join our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. All the links are in our episode bios. Don't forget to smash the subscribe and download buttons so you never miss the next episode. See you all again next week, folks.